Welcome to Between Sundays, a weekly Grace Church podcast that's going to try real hard to make your midweek just a little more enjoyable. My name is Tyler, and today we're going to meet some of our pastors. Our campus weekends were a hit last weekend, so we'll be talking with the folks who gave messages at each of the three Grace locations. But before we get into that, let's check in on how Thanksgiving was for Barry and Marin. Hey guys, how are you? Howdy. What's going on? Guys, it's been a while. I feel like the extra, you know, couple of days off uh, for Thanksgiving, it feels like I haven't seen you guys in two weeks, even though it's been one. How was strangely? It does feel that way. Doesn't how it? was your How was your holiday? What'd you guys do? Mine was great. I'll let you go first. Oh though, Mary. no, please, please. Oh. Okay. Most of my <laughs> sounds great. Most of my <laughs> week was spent in the car with Olivia driving. All over. We oh, drove yeah. over 2,000 miles you in had your one vegan, week. Your vegan restaurant crawl. Yeah, that was that was awesome. How many right restaurants did you hit? Oh, like two or three or four. I don't even know. We just kind of were all over town eating ourselves silly. That was awesome. Uh, also, we had like two or three different Thanksgiving meals, so with different parts of families. And anyway, it doesn't matter. But the thing I wanted to I wanted to say was there was this <laughs> moment. When we were driving through, we went to Niagara Falls. Have you guys ever been to Niagara Falls? No, sadly, I have not. I've not been there. Okay, so it wasn't necessarily a huge part of my bucket list or something, but it was like, hey, we're driving literally through it. We might as well stop and check it out. And uh, so I didn't know quite what to expect. I had heard that that it's kind of a little weird because they've developed so much around it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. So we drive across the bridge. We we sit in traffic forever. Finally get into Canada because we went to the Canadian side yes. of, of the As I've heard, the falls. is yeah. like the prettier. Is that? Yeah. 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 You see, Canada side's better? A little bit. You can see some more stuff apparently. But what I didn't realize is that, holy cow, it is gaudy they have got <laughs> casinos and old Ooh. rundown buildings and like every everywhere you look and it's just Hitch. people desperately trying to get your money oh, oh so and it's not like sanctioned it's just like no it's just like it's like what what the national parks would have looked like mm-hmm. if there hadn't been a national park system if okay. all if like oh, old faithful wow. was actually just like a giant like tube so did you bring with like anything? a hotel no so but i wanted to this is <laughs> I didn't. I brought you. Some, I can show you pictures if you want to see it. But no. So we're in Niagara Falls, Canada, and we're we're both remarking about how man this is like really over the top. There's a lot of stuff here, and I mean, really, it's a it's a waterfall. You go, you look yeah. at it, you're like, come on, it's, don't it's, downplay it. No, it's, it's amazing. A it's a huge waterfall. <laughs> but after you've seen it, you're kind of like, cool. Oh, I figured you'd love it. I yeah. did love it. I did love it. But here's the thing. They, people, they go, they see it, they take their pictures, they take their selfies. Yeah. And we were there and the whole time we're both just like, wow, 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 wow. And then after it was over, it was like, well, I guess we'll leave. But that's why there's so many things there where people are trying to make, trying yeah. to get your money. And so there's like a bird kingdom museum where they've got like birds. There's an indoor <laughs> skydiving place. There's multiple casinos. And I I kid you not, we were driving out and there was this, this Margaritaville, like Mexican themed Sure. Restaurant, bar, place. That's and where you go for good Mexican, I hear. Is it at Niagara Falls when yeah. you're as you as you do? It was very theme thematic. <laughs> and as we were driving out, <laughs> literally blaring from yeah, blaring from their speaker systems, where it was the song uh, "Big Yellow Taxi." Oh, uh, oh. Pay Paradise. Sang. Put up a parking lot. Sang, like right. Yeah. As we were driving out, they were singing about paving paradise and putting up a parking lot. Wow. It was so. It was kind like of a downer. You just yeah. couldn't wait to come here and sing. That was—I just wanted to say that because <laughs> yeah. it was crazy. We we're both like, "That did not just happen." 
amazing. What did Olivia think of your uh, tour? Of, of the vegan restaurants, the whole experience. What did she think? <laughs> she asked me not to talk too much about oh, that. Oh, come on. No, I, please, for me. Like, you can't skip know. over the food part. That's right. the best part. So the food was amazing. We went to a place, the one, I think our highlight was a place called Hogtown Vegan. Oh, my. Their menu has this giant pig on the front. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And they have, like, they're all into making stuff that seems like other other stuff like I had a like a Philly cheesesteak all vegan oh. uh, she had a um, what was it I don't even remember like some other deli sandwich or whatever it was it was oh she had a Reuben it was like really <laughs> really good food and we awesome. were both just like this is great so we had a great yeah. time so those I was going to ask you your highlight of the the holiday break crawl <laughs> like top two foods that you ate in any of the restaurants or, or maybe it was your family. Maybe it was at one of your no, multiple the, Thanksgivings. The highlight of the entire week was when we found it at St. Lawrence Market, we found a place, a Ukrainian lady who made Ukrainian food. And we had um, Veroniki, but they're, they called them dumplings or something. But they're little, these little dumplings. But we had them with like cheese and potatoes. Not vegan, obviously, but cheese and potatoes uh-huh. in these little dumplings. And like we had pierogi? them with sour cream. Pierogi. They're Ukrainian pierogies. Okay. And we both are still talking. Yeah, about those it. things are good. Mm, starch filled with starch, rolled yep. in fat and carbs, dipped in man. fat. Exactly. Mm. Yep. Gotta get yeah. those carbs. Marin, how was your break? Well, um, yeah, I struggled to call it a break. So we, why? <laughs> we we did enjoy Thanksgiving itself. Was like definitely the highlight of the time off. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you guys know, um, we bought a house last September like six months before we up and moved here and yeah, started our in, new lives. Up in Chicago, right? Um, well, this was actually in Munster. So we had just oh, left right. Chicago. We bought a house in Munster. Um, and we had tenants sign a lease the same. Oh, no. But really, they got their keys the same day we got our keys to the place that we're renting here. But they broke their lease seven months early. Um, and so we, we were kind of, since September, at least they gave us a, a good long time um, to prep for their departure. And we put the house back on the market with the realtor to find other renters. We can't quite sell it just This is yet. happening right now? Currently happening. Did you go egg their house? I mean, your house? My house. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that's what I would want to do, give myself <laughs> more work. Um, no, so we did get a renter. Praise God, we've been praying about it for months that we would get people mm-hmm. in, you know, as quickly as possible. And who wants to move in Chicago Nobody. land in the winter-ish time? I was going to say, winter is probably the best it's, time for that. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So when they broke their lease, we were like, oh, man, like, who's even going to want to move? But thank God we, we did find some renters. But they requested that we paint. So sadly. The outside of the house? No. The well, inside. really, the outside of the house is garishly awful it's like oh. half pink half beige like you can't tell what it is is it pink is it beige my husband and i have stood there hey sounds like a real lines. paradise <laughs> just <laughs> just you know you kind of tilt your head like is it beige is it pink no when we first bought the house it's the first house we ever had like as a family we've always been you know apartment dwellers in chicago so we were stoked yeah. and we let the kids pick their own bedroom colors so desi had the super trendy obnoxious teal and Jaden had yeah. like a captain america blue yeah Right, which isn't great for resale or renting. So, well, if if people have no taste, I can (laughs) see how they wouldn't want that. But that sounds phenomenal. They, we, the the new renter had a stipulation that we paint at least those two bedrooms, and so that's how we spent our break painting them beige. 
which is Did just you use like the, the soul same crushing. Pink beige from the outside or a different beige? At first, I was afraid because <laughs> there's no overhead lights. These are like rooms that are so like you don't lamp know if you lit. It. You had like a single bare <laughs> light bulb well, hanging from the de- middle of the room. It, de- it depends on the way the light hits it, and I'm like, oh no, did we paint these pink? Like we went yeah. all out and got the most expensive paint brand possible, thinking we don't have time to like prime and then prime again and then paint and then paint again. So we were trying to go for like we got the turkey to thickest, eat. you know, <laughs> cover, how do you cover a dark blue like that? Like we, oh, and we yeah. just had two days to do it. Wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> when we bought the house, the, the sun, my son's room had butterfly wallpaper all over it. So no more wallpaper ever again mm. for as long as I live. But that was my break. We were working. painting and working and working and, um, we brought the kids there to help us clean, which maybe yeah, was the best. It was a horrible idea. Child yeah. labor. Terrible. <laughs> when my daughter saw her room painted over beige, oh, she no. wept. There were oh. real tears. Yeah. There were. So we sat in the middle of her bedroom, and it kind of will lead up, I guess, to what Kevin's talking about. But I just held her hands and asked her what she's thankful for. That's because good. it's too easy to be overwhelmed by the emotion of saying goodbye to this house. And yeah. Okay, you know, well, hey, you never would have met your friends had we not moved, and you never would have met your awesome teachers had we That's not right. moved. So, what are you thankful for? And it was good. It was a good life lesson, but man, did it come uh, at some pain. Yeah. So then pain I made it up and to paint. Them. When we uh, came back Sunday, um, it was decorate the house day. So, like, make for Christmas. this feel like home. Yeah, yeah. We made cookies, we made hot chocolate, we decorated the outside, we decorated Great. the inside. But our space is way smaller than mm-hmm. it was last year. We have a ton of Christmas stuff. So, it does look like Christmas threw up in my living room. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you, send you pictures. Um, hang lights from the roof? We did not hang them from the roof. We, For the first time ever, we did decorate the outside with lights, but just like, very minimally tasteful um <laughs> i guess someone referred to them as the stranger things christmas lights you oh, know what i'm yeah. talking about yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the big colorful the bulb that's ones. what we got the big creepy ones are decorating the outside of our <laughs> yeah. home so cool. now you'll now you'll know where we All live right. if you drive around fishers and see big creepy lights it's us <laughs> can you guys tell me i've been thinking about this since thursday why is thanksgiving and christmas the only time we decide it's okay to eat lunch at like 3 p.m because grandma Easter? has to drive. Or Easter too, I guess. I, yeah. For us, it's grandma. It is. She doesn't like to drive at night, so we eat at like two. It's such a crazy time to eat because... Mm-hmm. Well, it's because like, that's the only meal you really eat that day. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm like, I just woke up at 7 a.m. If I eat now, I might not be hungry for all this food, so I'm not going to eat. I'm just going to narf some major turkey narf. and gravy. And How do you spell narf? N-A-R-F, I believe. G-N. No, I don't know. Uh, but then you eat it, and then smash cut to 9.45 p.m. Uh-huh. Leftovers. You're doing like Absolutely. scategories, round 13 scategories or something, and it's like, oh, now it's time to eat again, but it's way too late to eat. No. Leftovers. That's, yeah, why, that's not, why you eat early, to have is. leftovers. No, that's not early. Three is way too late. I want to eat at 12. You want to eat even earlier? Yeah. What? Tyler, what's wrong with you? Thanksgiving. Man? You know. Let's let's eat at twelve. I Tyler, what are you grateful for? More. <laughs> yeah, right. Be grateful. Be I'm grateful for grateful. three meals a day, guys. <laughs> you made turkeys this year, right? How I they made turn a turkey. Out? Um, great. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. Big hesitation. It's, it's been bit. It's been better. I. It was good. I put way too much wine in my drip pan. I. 
Okay. You know, the recipe called, you so make, like, it, on, you it, make it on a grill yeah. and then you put it in the drip pan and it evaporates into uh-huh. the turkey. It called for like a glass and I put the entire bottle oh. in the drip pan. So your turkey tasted like wine. No, it tasted great. Drunken turkey? The problem is... I don't know. I think I just cooked it too long, and it was a little dry. And what happened to the, you were going to grill a pie? Yeah, so I made two pies, chocolate bourbon pies. Uh, they were amazing. <laughs> they were amazing. <laughs> All right. I don't know what else to say other than uh, they were a hit. Do you have pictures? No. Oh, See, I made three pies, and they were also a hit, but I always take pictures of my work. <laughs> I thought about taking a picture, but we're always scrambling <laughs> when it comes because we got to be there at two o'clock. It's like, <laughs> we don't have enough time to sit around and take pictures. We got to hurry up and be there too. How far did you have to travel to get there? Like 10 minutes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, Tyler, you are now a family, <laughs> so you have the power to start setting a different time for Thanksgiving. Yeah, just get my dad voice on and declare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to eat at 12. Yeah. Yeah. That but was, it was great. I did not want to eat at 12. Thanksgiving never feels like a vacation to me. It always feels like, we get to Sunday night, and I'm like, man, I need a day off tomorrow because it's just crazy. Did you do the chaotic. Black Friday thing? Oh, no. I I stood in line for four hours to go play Top Golf. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were right by me. By your house? Yeah. Yeah. So we usually go play paintball on Black Friday. My wife and uh, all the females in her side of the family go shopping. All the men in the family usually go paint, play paintball. Uh, this year, <laughs> I don't know what it was. We were just super sore because we all played basketball. So we're like, oh, my bones, my <laughs> muscles. So let's just go play Top Golf. Well, we stood in line for like four hours and played Top Golf. Top Golf's great. You have to stand in line forever, though. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah. that great. Yeah. And it's not paintball. I drive past paintball. it every day, and there are lines, very long lines. Well, guys, we had a special weekend this past weekend where it was campus weekend at Grace Church, which meant uh, each campus pastor of uh, the all three Grace campus locations got to speak a unique message. And so we're going to bring in all three pastors uh, to just come and share about a little bit about who they are and what they spoke about and uh, kind of what's going on in their lives. So our first guest today is Rob Yonan, and we are going to talk to him right after this break. We are back now with Rob Yonan, campus pastor of North Indy. Yep. Rob, how you doing? Fine. How are you? Good. How was your uh, Thanksgiving? It was very different this year. Yeah. What'd you guys do? Uh, normally, I try to get to Chicago to see my side of the family, but my uh, aunt and uncle, who normally hosted, have not been feeling well for the last two years, in fact. And so uh, we weren't able to go, but we're invited by my daughter-in-law's aunt. Oh, cool. Talk about And had a oh, wow. phenomenal, wonderful time. It was poignant in that it was we were loved and cared for by a non-nuclear family member to me, mm. um, but mm-hmm. it was also kind of hard because that side of my family, you know, missing that side and getting to yeah. them. So, but it was a great. It was they were wonderful hosts. That's so, awesome. was the rest of your family just kind of like you're on your own? Yeah. What did they all kind? Did they all do the same thing? Like gather together anyway somewhere or uh, the Chicago area? relatives i don't know i know my that nuclear family just had to take care of one another because of how my aunt and uncle were mm. doing physically but yeah. um so yeah good i had uh a non-assyrian traditional meal that i didn't have any stuffed grape leaves so well, i'll have to wait for another <laughs> do you okay so you're a lot of people may not know who rob yonan is rob yonan is assyrian right that yes. that is part of the rob yonan um 
mystique thing the thing the thing that you talk about and so grape leaves that's something you do at thanksgiving right uh some thanksgivings yeah, yeah. usually when we request it it takes too much work to stuff them yeah <laughs> are there any any assyrian angles to the whole thanksgiving thing as far as you know we always talk about like oh the the pilgrims and the corn and the gratitude is is that all kind of part of it or is it just a to- is it just a reason for everyone to eat a meal the maze we figure out a holiday and we'll get together so it's okay. just another one for us together yeah yeah so let's talk a little bit about who you are okay. um so i've known you since you've become a part of grace which is what 18 years ago yeah 90 december 99 holy cow tyler and i were both we were, were the juniors grade? yeah juniors so we juniors were both in juniors high in high school when you came in and as our as our high school pastor Man, or youth ago. pastor. You know what I remember about that first year? I'm afraid. One of your yeah. first uh, things you did with us was go on the, we called that the ski trip at the time. It was the winter retreat. And you show you let us, I don't know if you showed it to us or you let us watch Ghostbusters on the bus. <laughs> and then we got off the bus and you, and you made an announcement apologizing to all of us for <laughs> no, I didn't exposing the, all of us to I didn't choose Ghostbusters. <laughs> I hated choosing movies for the bus because I knew like, most sorry, of the students saw. There's some demonic stuff in there, yeah. kids. Uh, no, I did not choose that movie. <laughs> that was, that's what I remember. Yeah, I'm glad you remember yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. I want to erase that from my memory. Yeah. So how long? So you've been a huge. I mean, you've been. You were a youth pastor for how many years? I started getting uh, volunteering as in youth ministry in 1976, and received a paycheck for the first time in 1979. So it's been a while. So, yeah, almost 30 years. Mm. Did you guys know that my dad, Dave Rod, our senior pastor, and Rob used to be, like, they would work together? Yeah, it was And they, they were in uh, college together? Yeah, didn't go to, yeah I was going to say, didn't you go to school together? Yeah. And I, I don't think, I, you know, I got to know Dave and, and, and Penny, his wife, uh, at more after that, when we were working together in the same church. Oh, my gosh, we had a blast trying to yeah. raise students in western Chicago suburbs. Okay, fun. so you were huge youth guy. Mm-hmm. For, you came here and you worked in the youth ministry for about 15 years mm-hmm. uh, or more. And then all of a sudden, now you're in North Indy. Can you talk a little bit about why now and what kind of led you to deciding to make that change and what some of the major differences have been that you've seen? That's a, that's a loaded question. It is. That was like five questions. You've got 30 seconds. I go. Like <laughs> lightning round. Some Senate panel where I yeah. go, can I answer one at a time? Yeah. You know, Sorry. I got to get better at my uh, succinct question <laughs> asking. Honestly, thought I was going to do youth ministry till the end, till, till I died. I, you know, in fact, Cindy Parkman, our children's pastor here at Grace, and I joked about walking out the same day together, mm. retiring the same day. And, um, but I was approached to consider the North Indy campus pastor position. Was not on my radar at all. Hmm. Uh, loved student ministry, loved the impact in students. Uh, and in fact, was even up to my ears in trying to process how things are so different now, what we could do, what we need to do. Um, but long story short, I was approached. I prayed it through, um, through some a variety of, of ways God used in my life. Um, uh, in fact, one of them was actually the last hurdle for me was reading um, Creativity, Inc., um, I'd been processing oh, yeah. this, going through it. Yep, had a couple of very important conversations, and I realized as reading the chapter on fear that the last obstacle was I was afraid to fail. Mm. Mm. I'd not been a campus pastor, wasn't preparing for it, and yet I realized that God used that in my life. And I said, "Okay, God, if you needed me to fail for Grace Church to grow or to learn or whatever, I'll do it." And so that was that was the last straw, and I 
for me? And I said, yes. And, uh, it's been a hilarious ride ever since. So let's talk about that hilarious ride ever since. So you're, you're a handy guy, mm -hmm. right? You're, you have a background. What is your background even? Because you're kind of like known as the car guy. Like you help people fix their cars or, you know, uh, any home improvement stuff. You work with my dad on some projects and stuff. So go jumping into this campus, really, I don't know if there's anyone else on staff that could have done this job <laughs> because of all the things that have had to go into getting this community up and running a skill set that you you've had. And so can you talk a little bit about what the the fun of the ride has been uh, since you emphasis on fun. Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we're a family friendly podcast are, here, yeah, so, so let's keep it clean. So uh, Grace Church bought a building that is uh, to be the home for the North Indy campus. That building is sixty years old, and so uh, I'm also sixty years old. And both of these things require Great. work. You know, things yeah. are breaking down. You got to fix them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's hilarious because um, you're a landlord too. Oh my lord, yes. And um, talk to Marin about that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, we can commiserate later on. You want portillos? Let's go get a beef. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go. Um, so yeah, we have we have tenants who share the building with us. So we've do, we've done some fun things with them. Mm -hmm. Early on, we just said we want to have fun in the building. Want people to know that we cared about them. So we actually had a. Um, get to know your neighbors, Kidoba bar, no springs, no strings attached lunch. That's awesome. And so, you know, we didn't know how many people would come. There's an engineering firm. Sylvan learning was there at the time. Um, direct buy, which is now Indie home design. Great couple run that business. And so, uh, probably about a third or a fourth of the people who worked there came and you could tell they were all tentative. This church is inviting us to a free lunch. Mm. Favorite moment of that particular one was, uh, at the end of it, three of the engineers who work in the engineering firm, on the way out, said, you weren't kidding. There were no strings attached. And uh, we said, no, we just want to have they fun expect? with you guys. That's yeah, awesome. They expect? There's no such thing as a free lunch. That's you know, what they expect. Oh, yeah, there that's was. right. That's right. That's awesome. You had the altar call at the end of the at the <laughs> end of the Qdoba line. But. No offering, no altar call. <laughs> Baptisms in the queso. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we did... Uh, a, we would do some, we'd do something occasionally. So we did a donut day, and we set up donuts and coffee in the lobby. And the engineering firm said, oh, man, you're a week late because we just started our wellness challenge. Oh, <laughs> oh no. But they probably still snuck some donuts, Absolutely. though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Of course they did. The best was when yeah. they would come by and go, no, I can't. They'd go to a meeting and come back and get you're a donut. You're teaching anyway. me how to be a landlord right now. Like, you're a way better landlord than I am. <laughs> Although I will like say, last time I was there, there wasn't any paper towels. At, at, at the North Indy campus? Yeah. I'll work on that. Okay. I'll work on that. Yeah. Because you're the list. guy, right? I got to call you. <laughs> yeah, Rob. I actually got a note slid under my door that was anonymous about the stench in the guy's bathroom <laughs> once. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. So there's a lot of roles and hats that you've had to wear as yep. campus pastor. Yep. Another one of those things has been speaking from time to time mm -hmm. to your campus. And you did that this past weekend. Can you talk a little bit about what your message was? And uh, for those who weren't able to attend their campus this weekend or folks who went to other campuses or played hooky because they were on Thanksgiving break, whatever. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you talked about, maybe the big idea? And uh, let's dig into that conversation a little bit. Sure. So um, we felt like we wanted to do as a, as a team, the staff team, let's create a weekend service, Thanksgiving weekend, that included everybody that we can in the service at the same time. This included all the children and all the volunteers. So we had to program it with that in mind. Cool. Mm. So there was a lot of movement. There was a lot of creativity. Nothing was very long, including the message. And to be clear, you're in a gym right now. Yeah, we, we worship in the YMCA gym. Yep. 
which is amazing with the portable gear that we oh have. It transforms it. It's yeah. great. So everybody was there. Every, yeah, everybody. Smashed into the gym. Yeah, into well, the and gym. It, it feels pretty full when the kids are not in service. Yes, and they so were all there. So I can't imagine how many extra chairs you had to set up for all your volunteers and all your kids. This sounds amazing. It was fun. Uh, and active, you know. Yeah. Best Jumping part about jacks. the gym, there's a huge game clock in the corner. So you have to, <laughs> That's right. You know, if you go over, everybody knows it. Yep. Yeah. So, um, have you had anybody kind of be like, "Let's pick up the pace, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to go." They they have since fixed this this issue, but one of my favorite moments in the gym was, you know, at the end of our services, we always say that the prayer team is waiting at the cross for you That's if right. you would like prayer. And the Sunday that I was there, the prayer team was waiting beneath the basketball hoop if you yeah. wanted prayer. We had no cross for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. You can go dunk on them. Good. Yeah. We, it was, it's meeting in a gym, man. We're just flexible. So, cool. so th- with that in mind, the team felt like the message that we gave September 10th at the public launch in the Y was so crucial, was such a marker moment, a stake in the ground, that we wanted to reprise it and revisit it. Mm. And we knew we were going to do a shorter message anyway because we all had the kids in there. Um, But we felt like uh, we'd picked up people along the way who had not heard it and weren't there that weekend. So we went back to that theme, as it were, and really just took off of Jesus' words in Matthew 28 when Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations, and camped on the all nations piece. Uh, We said in the message that a picture is worth a thousand words and one picture we showed was a picture of a list of languages spoken uh, at North Central High School, which is across the street from us. And uh, that picture is from a bulletin board in the high school and there's 52 languages listed. Holy cow. Across the street from us, 4,000 teenagers in middle and high school. uh, I can't even list 54 languages. Dude, there were languages I didn't know existed. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. My language wasn't there. Spanish, So that's 53. So it should be 53 right there. Wow. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) uh, the kind of feeling was we have an opportunity just in the community that we are in to fulfill that challenge and that call in our lives that Jesus gave us just by engaging the people who live by us. Yeah. So one of the things you talked about was you kind of summarized it by saying we're called beyond our existing relationships Mm -hmm. and beyond our levels of comfort. Can you talk a little bit about that and why that's important to you? Yeah, that's good. Um, In my own life right now, so, uh, you know, I have a different, uh, whether you call it an opportunity or obstacle because I'm a pastor, in the relationships I have outside of the church setting, when I'm trying to see people that get to meet Jesus and are transformed by him, um, sometimes it's an it's an obstacle. Like, oh, well, you're a pastor. We expect that. And But all that to say is in my existing relationships, I don't have people right now that have responded recently to my invitation to come join us at Grace. So therefore, and that happens to many of us, right? Mm-hmm. We, we You live next to people who are your neighbors, and you spend a lot of time together. You've asked them, and... So what you need to do at that point is say, well, I love them. I'm going to continue to love them. We'll continue to have dinner together, see a movie together. I mean, that that doesn't stop. But where else can I engage and build relationships Mm -hmm. to those who may respond to that? And Mm -hmm. so I've been living that out by just volunteering at the YMCA. Uh, This summer I volunteered at uh, an event they tracked me, and I sat with three other people. And when they learned I was a pastor, it was a fascinating conversation. A woman who'd um, become a citizen, moved from Mexico, had two teenage boys and was just pouring her heart out to me mm. as she was lamenting over the condition of uh, the spiritual temperature of her boys and, mm. and even relationships. And so, and then a guy who, when he learned I was from Chicago, said, well, you would know that there's no Polish restaurants here that are really good. <laughs> and then yes. proceeded to tell me that he's Polish. And we had a phenomenal conversation about him and his wife adopting somebody and the problems that came out of the adoption, but their heart grieving for this girl 
And then an African-American woman sitting with next to me on the other side, and she shares about uh, losing a son to a brutal murder and uh, still grieving. So, I mean, just three hours of sitting with pe people I never knew before. Wow. Um, that's go into the world, make disciples of all nations. Amen. Just, it didn't take much. It's such, a, it's such a beautiful image to imagine these different, all these different cultures and peoples and, and backgrounds all sort of converging. Sitting in the steam room. <laughs> at, yeah, at, at the Y. Uh, yeah, you see a lot of different cultures in there. <laughs> but but I just think it's so so beautiful to see them all coming together. And I think North Indy has a unique a, a unique uh, platform to be that kind of church, to be that kind of uh, community that's going to influence the other two campuses, all of us as well. You had a uh, an Assyrian phrase that you used to describe what you thought maybe the church, uh, what North Indy could be like. Could you share what sure. that was? Yeah, part of the message was actually began by saying, you know, we've had nicknames, and I wonder what nickname mm. that people will use to describe our church. And so I suggested one that I hope would be uh, one that we would hear someday. And I used three phrases from um, the language of my parents and grandparents. I don't know the Assyrian language that much, but I knew enough, you know. So it would be the first one was uh, Shapirta, the second is Chumnaya, and the last one is Chuita Kharabisha. And Shapirta is beautiful. Uh, we and uh, that just the beauty of what we would hope to describe. The second one is Chumnaya uh, or Chumnata, depending it's male or female, and that is the region where my grandparents came from, a very rugged region in the southeast corner of Turkey. And and when I would be around all our extended Assyrian family, the jokes were between the Chumnaya or the Chumnata, the the mountain people, mm -hmm. and those who lived in a valley, who we would say, "You guys had it so easy. You lived in a valley." <laughs> yeah. And I, and literally, I could remember my grandparents. You you don't quit because you're Chumnaya. I don't care if it's cold out and there's three feet of snow. Chumnaya don't quit. I mean, it was there was this thing that I mm. grew up. Um, it's one of the leadership lessons I was taught, and so that I would love for our church to be known as people who don't quit loving, who don't mm. quit serving. You just don't quit. And then the last one is Chuita Harabisha. Chuita Harabisha. That's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Working on it. Okay. You got to do more of the Chuita Harabisha. It was fun watching everybody practice on Sunday. <laughs> That's awesome. So I asked my aunt, I said, listen, my grandkids are a variety of ethnicities now, you know, because, uh, and so I said, what can I tell them when they, someone says to them, so what nationality are you? And so my aunt thought, she said, Chuita Harabisha. They're a little bit of this, they're a little bit of that. Mm. <laughs> so the the, I guess the translation for me is what would it be awesome if people in the North Indian community said that group of people are a beautiful, gritty blend. Mm. The beauty, the grit, the nonstop, they love well, they, they serve well, and a blend that represents the globe. Mm. I would love to hear that uh, about our people. You put that in your sermon notes um, uh -huh. on the Grace Church app. Um, Man, Marin is the best advertiser for the Grace Church <laughs> app. I tell you what, we did this whole like promo when we first started it, but nothing compares <laughs> to how often Marin talks about it's this. It's just that useful. I love the thing because I was at the Fishers campus, so I couldn't be at North mm -hmm. Indies campus and I couldn't be here at the 146 campus. And the notes make me feel like, mm. okay, I got 
a snapshot. And really, y'all know how I am with technology, which is not what? that good. Not super <laughs> great at some it. some credit. So I write notes. I, I read the notes, and then I write in a journal. And I had the three campus little notes next to each other in my journal. And it was like having an aerial view of yeah. what happened that's at cool. all three campuses. That's and cool. that's the one thing that stuck out to me um, in addition to the scripture used from Revelation 7. But mm-hmm. just what you said, that we are a gritty beautiful blend mm-hmm. that isn't so well mm-hmm. said mm-hmm. so well said the what do you call them the grunts of north india yeah. can you tell us what they do they were, yeah so last uh, number months ago when we knew we had to get a team that was going to get up early in the morning and get all the portable gear and set it up we're talking early we're talking like S- at six o'clock we start loading the trailers these are unholy the hours <laughs> yeah the alarm clock goes off at five and i beat it every sunday morning you have to ask for forgiveness just for how early you're getting oh, up oh, man. i'm so sorry i'm getting up this early yep, yep. So we set, we hook up the trailers so that the trailers are next to the door to the gym at the YMCA at 6.30, yes. open and ready to go. Yeah, and I and get so, there as a musician. When I'm on at North Indy, yep. I get there at 6.30, and there's already people there yep. in gear doing stuff. So the team that we rally together, we call them the grunts of North Indy, they're, and they're uh, serving to create sacred space together. So these uh, it's an incredible crew. Uh, you have a fun bunch. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And they're, they're a well-oiled machine. Yeah. They just know exactly where things go and in what sequence they should go up and come down. And, come and, down and, and they have to do it carefully tearing down because the YMCA is open mm. by the time our service ends, which is hilariously awesome. I mean, you... People walking by in yoga pants. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. right. Going ready ready for us to get out of the gym so they can have the gym back and yeah. play yeah. hoops. So, yeah. So, it sounds like your message was a lot about what you hope for yes. for this community. Can you talk a little bit about your heart now like where's your heart now for this community and where do you see this community right now what does it need mm-hmm. that that's another question that's like seven questions i guess but yeah i'm really I'm good at that time i'm wondering time for a commercial break <laughs> yeah where go. where are you right now as campus pastor where's your heart that's a good question um prior to the public launch september 10th people were asking man you excited about the launch and yeah i was i was more excited about now mm-hmm. about um november ish because then we will have settled in. We've ironed out a lot of logistical details of setting up and tearing down equipment in the YMCA while honoring our hosts. The YMCA has been, they have been unbelievable. I cannot thank them enough. Um, and so now I'm at this place. In fact, I even laughed at it a couple of weeks ago. We've only been meeting for like three months. So I can't expect us to be this fully formed, functioning, yeah. mature group. There's a lot of people getting to know new people as well. We started with a good core. So um, even this morning when I was processing some things for our team meeting, this staffing this week, um, holding back on the accelerator pedal. Right now I'm trying to help us move forward enough but allow community to develop. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. And I, mm-hmm. you know, the innovative, creative learner, leader in me wants to move faster than probably we should. And so I'm trying to keep my hand on that and really, really wrestle with the innumerable opportunities to serve in our community. The 150th anniversary of Nora is mm. is in 2021, and what role might we play in that? You know, grilling some burgers in the parking lot. Bingo. Donut Bingo. day. <laughs> donut donut, <laughs> donut day. That's right. Kidoba bar. Kidoba <laughs> baptism. Dolma. We'll stuff Dolma. We can have grape leaves. Last question. Okay. What do you want listeners, whether they go to Grace Church or not? What do you want? Li- what do you think listeners need to know about North Indy and the Grace Church that is currently in North Indy? The the place where our building is located is strategic alone. 13,000 members at the YMCA, and the YMCA has been a phenomenal, gracious partner. That You can't even, if we just serve and love alongside our partners at the Y, we'll have an impact in the community. Mm-hmm. 
over 4,000 students and over 200 adults who serve them at the two schools across the street. It's amazing the opportunity we have. And then next door to us, the Ace Hardware is closing a little, little over a month. I was there yesterday, a little over a month, and uh, uh, to make way for 185 apartments next door to us. Which is a big deal in that community, right? A big deal, because some people didn't want it, and some people were okay with it. Because mm -hmm. some people have a vision for um, a density that's okay with a population that can in the city center, which is right where our church is. Mm -hmm. We are in what's called the Nora City Center, and so the community center. Uh, to have a pedestrian thriving community. So our location alone gives us a very unique opportunity. And um, Lord help us live that out. It's mm -hmm. a clear, it is clear how God mm -hmm. opened the door. And mm -hmm. so, you know, my prayer is to get us into a place where we're a thriving group of people in our community that live up to what we hope is a good nickname. Can That's I, awesome. Can I give a shout out yeah. to Ephraim? Yeah, Owens. the man. So as a as a centralized worship director, I work closely with the individual worship directors at each campus yeah. who all took a lot of ownership in these campus weekends that we're discussing in our podcast today. Yes. Ephraim is a football coach at the high school there. I mean, what more could you ask for oh in terms God. of community, connectedness, energy, passion, all of that? So big shout out yeah. to big my ups. brother. <laughs> and who's like a Pied Piper at the elementary school because he served there. So he's yeah. just right. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, Rob, thanks for joining us today. Sure. Uh, yeah. Oh. I, I love going to North Indy campus. That's my camp. That's my campus that I attend with family. And it's, it's great being a part of something new and growing something from the bottom up and developing it into the vision that you just kind of described for us. So thank you for joining us today and sharing a little bit of that. Fun. Thanks for having me. Just See make sure later. that the uh, paper towels are stocked next time. Next time I'm. I'll work at it right yeah. now. Tell everybody <laughs> hi in the uh, in the hot tub or wherever you had those conversations. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. We're going right. to take a break, and after we come back, we will be speaking with Melody Boyer. Well, we are back with the 146th Street Campus Pastor, Melody Boyer. Welcome, Melody. Thank you. How you doing? I'm good. Why are you laughing? Because this is weird? <laughs> no, because I'm sitting here with wet hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Melody has come in on her day off straight from the shower, apparently. That's true. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Well, I'm. it's my pleasure. Yeah. So let's talk about who you are and... You and I have worked together now for almost three or four years, and we used to be on the yeah, same team. We did. Tell them all the all the facts. Tyler. Yeah, that's those are I a bunch was of. I your boss. That's you it. Right were now. my boss. This is yeah. news to you me. Were the boss this is me. it. This is. The... It was great. <laughs> what were your <laughs> What were your titles back then? Titles. Remember? Yeah. Yes. I have the same title. Oh, you haven't changed. No. Nope. Yeah. Uh, so I was the pastor of connections. Which doesn't tell you much. Yeah, that's but. Yeah. that's just nothing. <laughs> you, were in, was, you were pastoring all the, yeah, the so technology when they were connecting the that's right. the cables together. And that's things. right. I was just connecting the tubes. people. And I, one time I told somebody that at a bank and they said they were actually cashing my check. And they said, what is it you do? I saw on the pastor of connections. And she's like, yeah, so what is it you do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then I went into what I do. Yeah, and I don't know that it was any clearer to her. But no, what, of it, course what not. it in our world, what it means is that I was communications and then first impressions and volunteer assimilations and all of that. Even senior director of communications, my grandpa has no idea what I do. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks I run this place. Yeah. Every yeah. time I see him, he's like, you still running that church? <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's either that you run it, or the lady at the bank said we have we have volunteers that do that. Yeah, that's a volunteer oh, position. You pay oh, people ouch, to do that. Ouch! Can I have my patient? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, let's talk about a little bit about who you are. How did you end up at Grace? And why in the world would you want to be campus pastor? That's crazy. Both of them are crazy stories. First of all, I came to Grace, visited. How long ago was this? Years ago, like 10 14 years? years ago. Wow. Yeah, because I was I had no children at that point, and now I have a 14-year-old or 15-year-old who just turned 15. So um, visited Grace, felt something here. We were pulling out, my husband and I, and we visited because my parents or my sister and her husband were going at that at this point, and they were like, come to this new church. We, mm-hmm. we love it so much. And visited, pulling out, and I said, I remember turning back to Grace and saying, I feel like I could work there. Work there, not just yeah, attend. Not just yeah. attend. No, not attend. Wow. Work. You're like, I think they need me. I, <laughs> I felt like there would be a niche for me. Yeah. It was, uh, and at the point, at that point, I was organizing women's conferences and and writing and I was in a, a ministry position but I felt like okay something about that place I felt like I could be myself and I feel like I'm gonna work there and he said I hope not because I hated it <laughs> your, your husband said this <laughs> yeah why well we don't need to talk about why he hated no it, but. no it's just too big it was too, too big. big and we hear that and I think with connections that has helped me understand how he felt how other people feel coming in it just felt overwhelming and he didn't like it, so and he's, we continued. He's never served again. He never. He's never been back. <laughs> didn't he, he has work not here? Been back. Yeah. Didn't he work here before you did? No. Okay. Yeah. So, a, okay. about a year went by, and at that point, I wasn't even looking for a job when I came to Grace and said that I want to work here. Yeah. <laughs> a year later, I was working for a job, and I and, and all I can say is that it was a spiritual experience. I felt like I had been released from the other role I was doing, and I had not felt like that for about seven years. I'd been in that role. And so I just remembered what I felt at Grace. And I said, do you mind if I apply? Now, we're not even going to Grace at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I applied and it was okay with him. It was, you know, I think he was thinking, what, what's the, what are the chances, you know? And um, I applied for some role that I would never have been able to do. That's the truth. And um, what was it? It was David Bell's role, Young Adults. Oh, wow. yeah. you, you could have done that. Well, this is crazy because David Bell applied for my role. We uh-huh. found out. So he applied for the Connections role. I applied for the Young Adults role. Mm, and David. then we were both asked wow. to apply yeah, for was, the other that role. That was the best Best choice. I know. <laughs> David. No, I know. David. Now we, we say, never would have known who David hated, Bell is today if, yeah. <laughs> if he had to do c- communications. Well, and we said, I would have hated your job. And he looked yeah. at me and said, I would have hated right. your job. So right. it was, it was the, it ended up the way it should be. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, yeah, so I applied. Very, very long story short, was offered the role. And we spent the weekend praying about it. Craig was still, we'd never still attended uh, except the one time we'd visited. So you got a job here without going here? I thought that was like prerequisite. <laughs> I got a job here without going here. Yeah, that's here. true. It's as uncommon as you might think. <laughs> well, once, sometime in the middle of it all, I attended alone. I think I brought okay. my parents or something, and he wasn't I, he wasn't able to come. I think he was playing his guitar or something on the worship team where we were going. And so I I did, but then we prayed about it, and I we decided not to come. And then I was distraught. I could not sleep. I, I knew that I was not following after what I was being asked to do and by God. And so finally, after all weekend of being miserable, he said, now, wait a second. Are you called to this place? It's like, oh, I thought you just wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and I just started crying, which I'm not a crier. So yeah. he's like, uh-oh, red alarm. <laughs> red alert. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> So I cried and I said, I, yeah, all I can say is yes. And so he said, okay, well, let's go and figure out why. 
you're called here. And so we had a six-month agreement that if he just hated it, Mm. we would reassess after six months. The first service we actually attended together, I'd been hired at this point. He put his arm around me and he said, I mean, halfway into the service, we made the right decision. Oh, mm. wow. good job, yeah. Craig. And I broke out in a sweat. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. You, <laughs> cried, you cried again <laughs> for the second I time in your life. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but I felt okay. I felt just immense relief. And just so we're clear, I was joking about Craig. He's since become a pretty crucial volunteer in a oh, lot of different yes. places. Yes. Okay, he, leads, so. he plays guitar and worship team, <laughs> yeah. leads a t- trip to Japan every year. He's yeah. nuts. He's nuts. And I mean, from them, this is just so Slays indicative guitar who, with who arm he is. Butter. He is all in, you know. He's got he's got muscles, man. He like he's got some puts muscles. The arm butter on his biceps before he arm butter. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, that's my husband's just muscles. It, you're talking about just to make about. him shiny and look awesome. But yes, he's all in and has been since since that very day. Yeah. When he said we made the right decision, he meant it. He's been on staff. He's very very involved and and loves this place. Cool. My dad's gonna love that you said that. Arm butter. He listens to this podcast every week. Does he? Does he put arm butter on? He doesn't, but he's oh. good friends with Craig Boyer, so <laughs> okay. now that's gonna yeah, be the right. joke forever. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Craig needs to needs to patent this. Uh, the Boyer bicep butter. Oh my trademark. <laughs> I want a, so a cut of the profits. Triple this B. This is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, oh guys, we're gonna embarrass him, but you know, yeah. Craig. Craig will love this. <laughs> I wouldn't be embarrassed. I, he has he's got huge muscles, man. I know. What can you say? He's, he's, <laughs> he's got to lift all that gear. <laughs> okay, so, so that's so how you're... we came. That's yeah. how we came. And I came as the director of connecting. Yep. And now you're campus pastor. I am. How did that happen? Uh, <laughs> a series of crazy things. Yeah. So um, was in that role, the first role, and working in volunteer assimilation. I was in school at the time. Um, graduated with uh, organizational leadership and writing. The, almost just a few months um, after I graduated, um, the role of our communications executive director at that point, um, he left and the role was made vacant. And so I was asked to then take connections and communications and then merge. And then that mm-hmm. there came the communications role. What that role did was I worked with every ministry and knew in and out what they were doing, even down to the different um, dynamics of different teams. And so I think it gave me a really interesting yep. vantage point. Who is your As least I know, favorite, you know. Who is your least favorite ministry to work with? <laughs> I'm just kidding. More I like them question. all equally. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all incredible. And yeah. what I saw most was their heart, truly. I mean, the staff, their passion for what they do. I've never seen anything like it. It's beautiful, and, it, and they're not messing around with it. <laughs> and so you're like, I want to be a campus pastor. No, I actually wasn't. I <laughs> I read the job description for the campus pastor, and um, this was months before even, you know, I think that we were any in, under any kind of interview process or anything like that. And I just read it and said, well, I feel sorry for that person. Yeah, that's a tough spot. <laughs> I said, that's a Jesus with roller skates right there. Yep. Meaning, you know, there was just so many aspects of it. It was so, especially for this campus, it was such a wide role. And I felt like, how could anybody enter that and not fall on their face? Because it's just the way it read felt so immense. Mm -hmm. And so um, we were in a pastoral team meeting and Chris Shore, our executive pastor said, I want to talk to you about different roles coming up. And he said, and this is not to me, it was for the whole team. And he said, what I'd like to ask you to do is put your office key 
on the proverbial table because we were not there wasn't a table, and we'll tell you what key to pick up. Now, are you in? Mm. It's like a game show. <laughs> yeah, it was What's like behind door a number one? trust fall, office shuffle. It was like a trust fall. Do you trust us to be able to discern? What needs to happen and who needs to go where? And this was during a time of restructure and... Oh, so was it more like musical chairs where there wasn't a key for someone? Um, no, there was a key for everyone. There was okay. a key for everyone at that point. <laughs> trying to make you this, pick up, you know, You pick up the key that we give you. <laughs> dramatic. If you don't have one, <laughs> oh we'll my see you God. later. No, everyone had a key. Okay. Uh, you, you can't dra- dramatize this, Tyler Bender. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but um, so we went around the circle and said, would we be willing to do that? And I remember looking down thinking, my heart is pounding so fast. I literally, my shirt is probably moving moving because (laughs) I had a feeling that I was going to be picking up a different key. And so I did. And Um, now you love it. And now I love it. How long have you been in this role? About two years. Mm. Yeah, I found out the day of the Christmas party or right before the Christmas party two years ago and going to the Christmas party, even I was looking at the staff and at that point I alone know. And I'm, I was just an interesting feeling being in that position and knowing, okay, what is ahead? I think I had a lot of fear mm-hmm. because of how I felt about how, you know, the responsibilities and things like that. Now that I understand it, it's just uh, an honor and joy to be able to work with the people um, and have it be broad and and not have the answers. And it doesn't rely on me. And so mm-hmm. I think that I've stretched, I've been stretched so much in the role and to a place where it, the unsafety or the unknown is what is so exciting and how God moves and begins to um, show what he's doing in people's lives and that we are a team. It is not up to me. And that's the beauty of it all. You're in kind of a unique situation in that this campus uh, was for a long time the only campus. One Forty Sixth Street was That's just right. Grace Church, uh, but now there's other campuses, and I imagine that that Kevin and Rob have a bit of a different job ahead of them because they're kind of starting from scratch with a new campus. You're coming in as a campus pastor, yeah. And a lot of people here probably don't even know what campuses are. What what would you say is like the biggest challenge or hurdle when it comes to that aspect of your of your job? You don't get to start from scratch. What does that mean for for your role? I think that uh, there's a couple, couple answers to that. Um, one, it seems like it's always different, and I'm using quotes right now with my hands. It's always a little bit different here. It's always a little bit bigger. It's always a little bit more complicated. Um, it's always more confusing because there's more going on. And so I think uh, when you think about this campus as a campus, it's just immensely challenging, and yet that's also where... Um, the work begins and the beauty begins when it begins to come into motion and mm-hmm. people start understanding it. So I think initially, and especially, um, the greatest challenge was trying to identify what even it is I do. And I'm sure some people coming in still are confused because they would say their campus pastor is mm-hmm. Dave Rodriguez, our senior pastor. And so then to have them understand that Dave and I are not, um, battling over the leadership of the campus, that I am a representative and an advocate of the campus to the whole uh, leadership team. And yet he leads it and he leads every campus as well. You know, it's just, what's the lady at the bank say though? (laughs) (laughs) She says, I've got a volunteer who could do your job. (laughs) You have talked recently about how your congregation, as you talk about the, what makes 
what's the most difficult part about, you know, being a campus pastor here in this location specifically. I had the pleasure of serving here at 146 two weekends ago when it just so happened North Indy's power went out. And they mm-hmm. they decided as a campus, North Indy, to come here to 146 during the 11 o'clock. You were speaking to the congregation of the 146th Street campus about how you guys have been challenged and you have been stretched mm-hmm. and you have launched two other campuses out from this congregation and it was such a powerful moment when you asked North Indy to stand in in that service and you could see they I think they I think the idea was that they would sit in one spot you know so we could see the North Indy campus and they could be together but they were actually spread out pretty vastly they they didn't listen to rule instructions (laughs) (laughs) or people showed up late that didn't see the signs yeah but it was powerful everybody that stood up um almost in a gesture of gratitude. Thank you for launching our campus mm. and mm-hmm. thank you for supporting us. And yet your job is to pastor the campus that remains here. You know, good job guys. You've done a lot of work, but there's, there's more to be done. Could you talk a little bit about yes. that? And that has been the sustained challenge. Mm-hmm. I think initially the challenge was working into the role, clarifying, you know, for our long-term attenders or people who are trying to understand how we all fit and how we work together. I think that was the initial challenge. And then now, yes, it is the identity. Um, And I think we've changed so much over the last few years. Our people are looking around and saying, who are we? Mm -hmm. Who are we as a church? Who are we as a campus? And I've had, (laughs) it's interesting, I've had individuals say, I have literally watched my row disappear. Yeah. And go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And these, this particular lady was saying, you know, some are in North Indies, some are mm-hmm. in Fishers, some are in London, some are in Bloomington. But she, she no longer recognizes mm. what used to feel very familiar. And I think it's so much uh, pastoring mm-hmm. our people through that and helping them be able to celebrate that and yet also understand that we here must be builders. Mm-hmm. We must see past what might feel uncomfortable at first, and it's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's it's challenging and it's change, and that's just expected, but to also understand um, what it represents. And I think I got emotional mm-hmm. when the North Indy people stood because it was, so it was a big sector of the auditorium, and it was a big chunk of people who used to sit in those seats. Mm-hmm. And our people, in a way, mourn. Mm-hmm. And so it, we need to we need to let them learn, and then also let them see the opportunity we have to fill those seats. Yeah, hmm. yeah. It's a great segue into what you spoke about this past weekend. Mm-hmm. You gave the message at this campus at 146th Street, and your big idea—I'll let you speak more on this—but is you want this place to be a place of refuge and reform. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that and um, some of the things you spoke of? Yes. Well, specifically, I spoke of rehab and the whole story um, amazes me. I'm obsessed with it, to be honest. And the more I learn about rehab and that how the story continued and what the symbolism within that story could possibly mean, the more um, it became personal to me, specific to our campus. And um, her home was built on the wall, half looking out over the city, half looking out over the world beyond the city's wall. And so to me, it's reflective of um, a people of God built on a foundation um, that sees is both part of the spiritual community and also can 
see the world beyond and the mission beyond and throw the rope to one another and say, okay, now go back at it. Mm-hmm. Um, like Rahab did with the spies and, um, and then hang the cord in the window. The cord, um, is representative of the redemption and the blood of Christ. And that is the cord that ties us together. It's the bind that ties us together um, as people of God. And so what I was talking about is understanding that we have been rescued by Jesus. And because of this, we can be a place of refuge, of safety and protection and care and love, and also reform where we send our people out to change the world and bring healing in Jesus' name. And so those are the two things um, that, you know, that we're contrasting within the story. And that's mm-hmm. ultimately where I went. And so when, when I was re- I was reading your app notes because I was out of town this weekend, so I didn't get to see you speak. But when I was reading, I, I was thinking of the weekend Marin was referring to was this is a place historically in Grace's history that has served as a refuge for so many. And you just said you want to be a place of builders who build something special and inevitably send that out. Um, so I, I was, I was really, um, intrigued by the, the image of extending, it's a red cord, right? Or a red. Right. Well, you extend the rope down the wall to Mm -hmm. the spies. That's how the spies left her window. Um, but she hung the red cord on her window to let them know that this is her house. Yes. To let them know. And there's, there's several theories as to what that means. And if you're going to go simple, you could say, well, she was a prostitute. And so it was a red cord and it signified her occupation. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, um, it was literally, she is an ancestor of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. She's Jesus' ancestor. So she, um, married salmon and salmon and salmon, uh, salmon, S-A-L-M-O-N. Oh, or Salmon, if you want I've to get fancy. It Salmon. That's an Salmon. unfortunate name. Sa- yes. We were talking about. Is it uh, Salmon? <laughs> we were talking about cumin versus cumin right before like I we said hit record. Salmon so all here we are again. My apologies, Salmon. <laughs> if it is wrong. I don't know. I just think it's a weird name either way. <laughs> do you know that? Do you know that there's a Jewish tradition that he that Salmon was Salmon Salmon was one of the two spies. <laughs> oh yes, I know I, the romantics. Yeah, yeah. The romantics out there say he was one of the two spies. We don't know. So from, where, where did but you, I believe he was. Where did you do all this? Uh, how, how do you know all this stuff about Rahab? I just researched. I researched all kinds of concordances and yeah. Um, yeah. Did you find anything? All right, this is <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's this hear it. Let's totally hear. not Deep dive relevant. Did you find anything that explains why her name is the same name as the epic sea monster? <laughs> I actually did find that out and okay. read a, read about what, what it. The, so the I don't theories? know. I don't know in Just, depth other than there is a epic sea monster with the same name in the Bible. Yeah. I thought it was Leviathan. Also Leviathan. It's this. It's like a These are archetypal. He's a personification of chaos, and he's called Rahab, and he's Rahab, and he's called uh, Leviathan. And so I was just curious if right. you, you yeah. came across that. Yeah, I did that. read a little bit about the connection, but I don't, yeah, mm-hmm. not sure if it's tied. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I just got real excited about uh, some Bible nerd uh, stuff. <laughs> but Deep then the last, the last theory, by the way, of the red cord is that it's reflective of Exodus 12 when they painted, the Israelites before leaving Egypt painted uh, blood over their doors. And when the yeah. spirit moved through the city and the firstborn child of every home was killed it went over the homes with the red painted blood blood over the door that is reflective Mm -hmm. of that blood 
some say, some so, people say. And so it's a beautiful symbol absolutely. waving in the wind out to the world that she has been rescued by the oh, redemption Lord. and blood of Christ. Yeah. The bloodline. And oh, literally, goodness. the spirit went over her home, spared everyone in the home, and then the rest of Jericho was defeated. So did this Barry, you you and Mel might know. Mary, Wait, might what? Know. Why? We're geeks? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're Rahab geeks. How okay. dare you? Uh, did this really happen? Or did she know at the time, like, this is symbolic of these things, you know? No, I don't think she knew anything other than she was told to hang a red okay. cord. And this was a cord, not a rope. There's a, there's a difference in how it's... Um, cord of three strands. <laughs> what she did know, better. she did know that... that the God of Israel was going to come and destroy her city. She knew that. She much. knew that. And she knew, she knew that enough to commit treason mm-hmm. against the king. Right. So she lies and says the spies are not in her home and that they left. And then the guys looking for, you know, those spies ran out the city gates and then the gates were closed. They're locked out. Um, so she didn't know enough to fear and had heard the stories about the God of Israel mm-hmm. and um, took her chances and made the right choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, these people who wrote the Bible, a lot of prostitutes in these stories. Oh, a prostitution was absolutely culturally cool. The norm. I don't it's know that it was cool, but it was. You know, <laughs> let's let's put on our justice hat for a second. All right. This is still true in a lot of a lot of developing world cultures today, but especially in the ancient world. Mm-hmm. But when in a world where women had no value. Mm-hmm. A man, a man could divorce, uh, even in, in the Jewish world, a Jewish man could divorce a woman for any reason, and she'd be out on the street. And and this happened all over the world. Women would just be kicked out. It happens today when, when a man dies some in some places, of, places uh, in sub-Saharan Africa. When a man dies, his widow often loses her land. She has no rights to the land, and so people will come and take it from her. So anyway, all that to say, there's not a lot of dignity and power that women have, and so... It makes a lot of sense to me why so many people would have turned to prostitution because mm-hmm. because there was no economic means for them to survive or, or even provide for their family after right, that. Right. And the same thing is true in, around the world. And I could get on a long tangent about that. Right. But hey, I wasn't judging. I was just making a statement. No, I'm well, saying it's, it's an interesting thing. And yet you see over and over again, God... And even Jesus spending time and concern and care for these women who have been forgotten and abandoned by the world. And by the way, they, she saved the day. Well, she right. saved the day. And, and she's the ancestor of Jesus. Right. 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 Yes. Prosti- the word prostitute itself can be translated as innkeeper or prostitute as we know it. Whoa. And so, but they were synonymous so often. So that, yeah, that makes me think differently about the Holiday Inn. That's your problem, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> You did make that distinction at the top of your sermon. Um, I did. About brothel. Yes, it was like, a, or a saloon. Mm-hmm. Like it was mm-hmm. like a saloon, which is why they think that she knew as much as she did. The woman was savvy. Yeah. She knew where to tell the spies to go. She knew how long to keep them away that the so that the other men would be back in time. She knew mm-hmm. where, what to tell uh, the men and trying to protect the spies. So she, the woman newer stuff and it was probably because of the environment she was in by the way if sorry if you are listening to this conversation you know what we are talking about joshua 2 joshua 
chapter two is Joshua where you can two. find right. this story right. and read it. So you're not like, what? The red thread in the yeah. saloon yes. and it the what? It was to another campus. It's a layered yeah, story. <laughs> yeah, you got to know what we're actually referring to a story from the, from the Old Testament. Well, okay. I know because I was I was at Fisher's, so I, I would have missed everything, but I woke up to my husband at the kitchen table live streaming get 146. Out. He yes, just can't get enough. Oh, man. <laughs> I love can't that man. Enough. That's awesome. Church. <laughs> All right, last question, Mel. What do you want people to do who heard your message? What do you want them to do? Above all, I think I want them to understand that they have been rescued and redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I think that's the overriding understanding and my hope for our people. When you understand that, you want to reflect him. And he is a person who rescues. And he is a person who um, was all about reform. Mm. He is about re- refuge. He is, he's about everything that I talked about. And so, but my longing is that people catch on to the beauty of that and the power of Jesus's uh, protection and blood rescuing all of us. And then as a body, we have that in common amidst all the differences we have. If we understand that, then we have mission. And it is wrapped around those two things, being a place of refuge and reform. Well, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. This was great. We should we should have you back sometime just to chat. I know. I know. Fun. We could go back to Craig's muscles. We could, yeah. Yeah. I want to get I want to get Craig in here. Yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about that. Look, I'll just leave you. You don't know that I attended Mel and Craig's yes. wedding. What? As, as like a, a child. Oh, that's right. Well, as an so, adolescent. That's a whole other. Episode. What'd you call it? Brock or something? <laughs> Doc. Doc. Doc, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's because yeah. he told us that's what his name was. My name's Doc. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, your name's Craig. with me. Yeah, like, just, just call me Doc. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know you as Doc. <laughs> yeah. you yeah, call me Doc. <laughs> that, no, say your name. I will not. Yeah. <laughs> and since I, I did give a shout out to the uh, campus worship director of uh, North Indy, Brad, my husband was live streaming it, and not sometimes, you know, things don't translate well via live stream in the musical world. Right. This yeah. week was off the hook. Good. It was awesome. I'm glad. Brad, and, Brad Becky. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Brad, and Jess was and also co leading yep. yep. and did yep. such a great job. It was so cool. There were there were so many people on stage. Yes. And that was just and young people. Like family. I loved it. it. It was awesome. Yeah. It was we awesome. had and the we youths. also had our students in the there. Youths. We had Fuse. We had Merge. All of our students were joining us, which on campus weekend sometimes we do that and I love it because it feels like, okay, we got all the family in. Yeah, so. and and that translated like into my kitchen. Awesome. It, that's what it felt like. Great. That's okay. super awesome. Well, Mel, thanks again. Thanks for being here. Bye, friends. When we come back, we will be speaking with the Fishers Campus Pastor, Kevin Roth. And we're back. Thank you for listening all the way through between Sundays. We've got our third and honorable guest, Kevin Roth, or as we like to call him, Rev Kev. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, it's great to be here, Tyler. Do we call him Rev Kev? Is that a thing? Don't we? Well, my team, a lot of my team calls me Rev Kev. Yeah, you're Rev Kev. I don't refer to myself that way. From now on in the bulletin, we're going to say, this message brought to you by, well, we don't say that. We say, this message, Rev Kev. Okay. Okay? All right. You don't, you don't say that to yourself in the morning when you look in the mirror like, come on, Rev Kev, you've got this today. You're going to you're gonna do great. You're good enough. You're, you're smart enough. enough. Yeah. Doggone it, Rev Kev. People like you. Kevin, is this your day off too? This is not my day off. Friday okay. is usually yeah, my yeah. day off. The other two, we felt a little bit bad because we brought them in on their days off. But thanks nope. for being here. You don't have to feel bad. No, I don't. Not off. I didn't really feel bad <laughs> about them. 
Anyways, you're the f- campus pastor at Fishers, Grace Church Fishers, right? I am. So you've been in this role for four or five years? Four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half. And can you talk a little bit about your journey through, because you've been on staff and you've been a part of Grace since the beginning, right? Yeah, I was a year out of college when Grace started and, you know, launched with Grace. Holy cow. So, yeah, it's, I feel like in a lot of ways I've grown up at Grace. You're like the boss. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been an interesting journey to see Grace grow in 25 years and, you know, came on staff about 18 years ago. Yeah. And then four and a half years ago, stepped in this role. I was in a small groups role before that and then stepped into this role of um, uh, campus pastor. I was overseeing groups in the Fishers, kind of Northeast India area. So when we were thinking about planning campus and Fishers, I was one of the obvious choices and stepped into that role. Was it something that you were trying, like you, you wanted to do, or did somebody kind of call that out of you? Well, it was probably a mix. I remember a, a conversation I had with Ron Stoller probably almost 15 years ago where I said, what would it look like if we took Grace Church and met in Fishers in our community? Because Many of us were driving out of Fishers. We had probably at that time 30 to 40 small groups that were meeting in Fishers. And I said, what if we gathered in Fishers as a community? And I saw saw these small groups making a difference in their community and thought, what would it look like for us to actually have a church there? So it was your idea to go to Fishers? Well, I think there was a lot of conversations going on um, about campusing at that point. There were lots of conversations, so it wasn't really my idea, but I was the one that kept saying, I think the first place we need to look at is That's Fishers. awesome. Now, Fishers is is kind of the northeast side of India, or kind of north yeah. by northeast. And it's one of the fastest growing cities in the state, the country. What? Yeah, it's one of the fastest. I think it's slowed down at least at some point. But I can tell you what, in the last year or so, the development has accelerated again, particularly east of Olio Road. You know, Olio Road used to be kind of the end of the earth out there for Fishers <laughs> yeah. and that's not true anymore. It's the city said a couple of years ago that that Olio Road and 126, where we're located, is going to be the future or the second center of Fishers. Mm-hmm. Fastest growing, slowest moving. That place is a disaster to drive through. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I I mean I love Fishers because now they got Top Golf and all that stuff. But every time I go, man, it's like snail's pace. Yeah, you got to know all the shortcuts. You do have yeah. to know the shortcuts. I live re- there. And by the way, what's up with the 25 mile an hour? thing through downtown the speed limit yeah don't don't drive that way (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah so um you've been in this role can you talk a little bit about uh some of the challenges that you've seen um kind of the identity that is being formed in fishers uh within grace church and just overall what you've seen develop out of these some of these initial ideas that you you may have had he likes to ask about five questions. Yeah, sorry. You're getting there, oh Tyler. Keep, keep trying. Right. Can you tell me what you've seen in Fishers? Okay, that, now we're getting really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I'm asking? Like, can you talk to me about, okay, is what you're seeing in Fishers right now a realization of some of the ideas that you yeah. may have had back in the day? Yeah, absolutely. You know, because... Again, it started with this core of community. And so when we launched into Fishers, initially we we actually launched for a year here on site, but when we launched into the community in the school, there was something significant that happened when suddenly we were in this place in the community. We could invite our friends and neighbors, um, not out of their community, but 
you know, across the street, down the road, into their community. And there was a different level of ownership that began to happen as soon as we stepped out. And people, you know, as challenging as it was to set up and tear down every week, there was a different level of ownership that people had to step into to make it happen. Yeah. We, we talked with uh, Rob Yonan, p- campus pastor at our North Indy campus, who talked a lot about that process that he and his campus are currently in the midst of, yeah. that getting there early, unloading trailers to set up. Where did you meet before you had your campus? Well, it's it's now Fall Creek Junior High. But, yeah, there was – as challenging as it was, I would tell people there's no place I would rather be at 6 o'clock on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning once I was there. Now, getting up and <laughs> yeah. getting there was yeah. a little bit of a challenge. Especially no place there I'd was rather... a guy who brought, like, biscuits and gravy every yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that we had great food. You had a biscuits and gravy guy? We did, yes. Oh, yeah. goodness. Where's that guy? <laughs> I don't know. We need to have him as a guest and on the pod. You guys met in a – was it a cafetorium, an auditorium? What was it called? Yeah, it depends on what. Uh, I think it was technically an auditoria because it was an <laughs> auditorium that they used as a cafeteria. You know, wow. the first time I walked in that space, I thought, I'm not sure we can do church here. But as we brought more and more people back, we began to see the possibility and begin to think a little differently. And wow. it really was a, a great space to meet for two and a half years. And we developed a great connection with the school and the community. And so it was a great way to start. And and then just being down the road, you know, there's 5,000 students within a mile of our yeah. location. And so a lot of opportunities with school, with the schools, with students. Yeah. And so it's the a great place The student ministries at Fishers is just off the hook. I mean, it, it's that way at every campus, I'm yeah. sure. But my family made Fishers our home campus because mm-hmm. we live in Fishers and yeah. we've got two students who attend schools in Fishers. And they have friends that go to school that are in their small groups with them. And it's just awesome. We love it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that's that's really been fun about the Fisher's campus is a kid can walk in for the very first time, walk to his room, and then immediately see somebody that he goes to school yeah. with or who lives in his neighborhood because it's more of a focused community campus. That's awesome. What what other things have kind of risen to the top in terms of what's happening and the identity of Grace Church Fishers? Well, you know, the mental health initiative has been something that we stepped into probably about a year and a half ago with the city as they were inviting uh, clergy to get involved. And so, you know, we had the prayer gathering in August that was just unbelievable and I think exceeded the expectations. So the prayer gathering in August was dedicated to talking about and praying for people who have mental health issues? Yeah. So we... You know, the city had a uh, mental health awareness week, and they wanted us to kick it off with a prayer gathering, and we happened to be the church that they asked. And Why did they ask? Why did they want a church to do this? Do you know? Well, because I think, you know, as they had churches involved in this, they just thought, okay, this is a great way for the church, because, you know, they're involving schools, they're involving community leaders, and they thought this was a great way for the churches to okay. lead. And we, the Fishers Campus, had been a part of that conversation for a long time. And because we were there, and I think they knew we'd do a great job. Yeah. And, you know, Marin and Will and others led and did an amazing job. And Dave did an amazing job of sharing his story about his own struggle with anxiety and depression. And I think their expectations were completely blown away by what. You know, they thought maybe 50 or 100 people would show up. And so when we had four to 500 people there, the quality of the worship, uh, the mayor was was actually texting, um, you know, people saying this is really unbelievable. That's awesome. Hmm. So are there other ways that Fishers has gotten involved in the mental health healing initiative in, in other ways? 
Yeah, so uh, one of the things that we're in a conversation right now with the city on is an idea called, and this may not be the eventual name, it's actually uh, uh, an idea that Dave Rod came up with. He talked to me about it, and then we went and met with the city, kind of pitched the idea, and we're helping shape that along with uh, a number of the other churches. But it's an idea called a peace place. Peace place is simply an idea that, uh, you know, the city has done a great job of creating awareness in the mm -hmm. community of mental health, but a peace place would be a place where people could go when they're feeling anxious, when they're feeling depressed. I need to have a conversation mm. with somebody. Could be churches, could be schools, could be businesses. But the truth is, this is what we do at churches. People are in distress. People need to talk with somebody. And so it's an idea that is going to be easy for the churches mm -hmm. in the community of Fishers to rally around. And so we've been in conversation with a number of churches in the city to say, what, what would it take to bring this to life? Man, you guys are making moves. You're just like wow. networking, making relationships, building building relationships Rev with the Kev. school. Yeah, you don't stop. Widely known Rev Kev. <laughs> yeah. So you, another role you you've had as campus pastor is uh, to speak every every now and then. And this past weekend you spoke. Uh, it was the weekend after Thanksgiving, and you spoke on gratitude. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what your big idea was, or um, maybe some insights into into your message? Yeah, so we talked about how gratitude is essential and really how gratitude is essential in uh, bringing us God's peace and then also perspective in the midst of just life. You know, we all go through ups and downs, and so how do we, how do we maintain that perspective and how do we connect with God's peace? And gratitude is a piece of that. I read a book while I was on sabbatical uh, called 1,000 Gifts uh, by Ann Voskamp, and it's really all about her journey uh, towards gratitude and it was an interesting book, kind of got me thinking about this topic. And so I've been thinking about it for a year and a half since I was on sabbatical. Um, started to create my own list. I'm really just a novice. You know, I'm in a couple hundred. Jeff Unruh, Pastor Jeff Unruh, who um, told me about the book, I think he's on his second thousand. So he's... Oh my goodness. He's he's amazing with this. But That must be why he's so happy all the time. Exactly. All the time. So... so I just wanted to bring the, uh, the congregation into that. I thought it was a good time of year to talk about it. Sure. And I just feel like we have a lot of things to be thankful for at Grace yeah. and at the Fishers Campus. So it just, it was a great opportunity to bring that conversation. So how, how do you remain grateful? Practice. 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 That was a huge takeaway that I took away from the message is that you, it's not just a uh, a state of mind that mm -hmm. one can drift in and out of, but that there's an intentionality behind mm -hmm. practicing yeah. being grateful, like rehearsing it. Yeah. And one of my favorite parts of the service was the congregation actually shared ways that they were being, uh, that they were practicing gratefulness. And Marin actually wanted you guys, you and Jed shared. And I was one of those, those families that shared. You were. I was. Man, like the last two or three weekends, you guys have been like front and center. Boom, we're just on it. No, <laughs> um, Kevin had sent a, a, an email to myself. He had heard that um, my family has been attempting to put into practice a way to collectively gather the things that we are grateful for. There can be far too easily and far too quickly a real spirit of negativity uh, in my home. And I was mm. noticing that for uh, multiple reasons, but... Namely, like when your room gets painted over. Exactly, exactly. So I, I had told them earlier in the in this podcast um, that this weekend we had to go back to the house that we own in Munster and paint my kids' rooms over. Um, they had gotten to pick their own colors, and it was really hard to have to paint them a 
neutral shade of beige uh, for the new renters that are coming in. And Desi cried. It was really hard for her. Um, And while she cried, all I could do is just kind of hold her. But then something just came into my head to sit her down and hold her hands and ask her what she's thankful for in that moment. Like even while she's crying, what are you thankful for? Because it's too easy to be overwhelmed by everything we've left behind in our old lives and all the friends that we miss. And it's in that moment that I felt we really needed to focus on the new friends we've made. And are you saying that you wish you never would have met Maddie or Addie? Well, no, of course not. So then you're saying you're thankful for them. Okay. You know, (laughs) and, and that's what I mean by practice, the intentionality of, okay, right now we're both feeling overwhelmed. This is hard for both of us, but aren't we so grateful? Mm -hmm. Look at everything that God has done. It just in the seven months that we've been here. So that was one of the ways that, you know, in the moment I could practice, Mm -hmm. but uh, back in September on my birthday, I went and I bought a journal. And it was perfect. I bought this journal from Target. On the front of the journal, it says, it's a beautiful day. So it's just already super positive, even on the cover. And I told my family I would like each person, including myself, to write at least once a week something that good, something good that is happening or has happened within the week. It could be, you know, Johnny smiled at me in art class. Ooh, Johnny. I got junior high kids now. Or it could be, you know, I scored a touchdown, you know, or whatever. I got an A on my test. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a full page entry. It doesn't have to be a really long thing. It could be very quick um, so that by my birthday next year, I can look back over this journal and see like, see, guys, it was an awesome year. I just so are they like doing it? They are practicing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and myself included um, practicing. It, it's not the first thing you think to do at the end of a long day. Like, got to go write a journal entry, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's, we keep it on our mantle. So it's in a place that we constantly see. No, no, not every day. Okay. Cause that would have been too much. Um, for sure. Absolutely. I'd, I'd be like falling asleep and be like, oh, I'll remember that tomorrow. And every day <laughs> I think of things that I'm grateful yeah. for. It's gotten me into a, a better practice of that. But as, as a family, all I requested was once a week, you know, just mm-hmm. write, write something good that's going on. But so. there was another example I think you gave in your message, Kevin, where, a family will just drop something they're thankful for into a bowl or something. Yeah, they had a gratitude jar. That It was a similar idea. They do it all year, and then they read those. They pull them out of the gratitude jar on New That's Year's awesome. Eve. Yeah, I love that. And kind of rehearse the faithfulness of God and the good things that have happened to them over the last year. It's awesome. I don't think I would have the self-control not to put like really funny or stupid things on Do the it. cards and put well, yeah. them in. That's great. Yeah. That's I mean, all yeah. good stuff. Little little comedy bombs for uh, for the end of the year. <laughs> As long as you're thankful. (laughs) No, so both my my kids have smartphones. And I was noticing as they're scrolling through everything the world will throw at them, just this negativity. It's too easy to be, not even just as a kid, but as an adult, it's too easy to be overwhelmed by all the sadness. I mean, here I was complaining about eating Thanksgiving at 2 o'clock. You are that guy who uh, suffers the most. You from do have first a hard life, problems. though, Tyler. That's a that's a <laughs> challenge. It's like all this food. Why do we have to wait so long to eat it? Right. So maybe you need a I journal. I need a thankful journal. <laughs> <laughs> practice, practice, practice. What um, else? How how else can we? Um, well, you you had used three guides, which yeah. I thought was excellent. Um, a stay at home mom was a guide. A missionary was a guide, and then a police officer. Yeah. Uh, Tom Weger, who's a member of our congregation, uh, he heads our security team. Um, he has had health issues uh, over the last year. And so it was interesting to hear him talk about 
um, how he's in the midst of kind of dealing with cancer and his response to it and how he's practiced gratefulness and look to see how God has prepared him and carried them through. Um, so it was, it was just interesting to hear from different, different voices of people. And then again, to have the congregation share a lot of ideas um, that we were able to put in the app and share some of them during the service. The people who are able to remain super grateful and have that perspective through stuff like cancer or like really hard stuff are some of the greatest people I've ever yeah. heard about. Cause I, I look at situations like that. I'm like, man, I really hope I would be that way, but I just don't know if I was struggling with something like cancer or another devastating issue within my family or something. Like I hope I would be somebody that would practice gratitude and remain thankful uh, in the midst of that. But I just, I don't know. I hope I would. But. In your sermon, you said this is where the road to the pathway to gratitude gets really steep. Yeah. This is where it gets hard. You, we, my, my family and I, we're at like level one. We're just trying to ride stuff down and mm-hmm. just practice being grateful. But you say there's a point at which um, the incline gets a lot more difficult um, when you have to be practicing gratefulness in every circumstance. Yeah. And I think I think if we're practicing it, when, when things are a little easier, that's the thing I realized with Tom is that, you know, part of what, as he described his background, his growing up, he kind of had this orientation towards gratitude and thankfulness that I think in some ways prepared him because that was his outlook already. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was, because he had practiced when it was tested and when he, because it was such a habit, I think it was easier for him to continue that habit once, once challenging circumstances hit. Last question. What do you want people to do? I mean, this is a pretty uh, applicable message that you gave, but what do you want people to, to hear or people maybe who um, weren't there this weekend or who go to other campuses? What do you want them to do? Well, Amy Christie was hosting the service and she she wrapped up with something that friend I, of the pod, a friend of the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we interviewed her in episode three, yeah. two, two, yeah, two. But enough about us, guys. What would you like? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so she said something that as I was as I was thinking of this, I thought, oh, this would have been a great thing to to work to my into my message. And she wrapped the service up with this. She said, if we became a grateful people, essentially, I think it would be an amazing apologetic that people would be drawn um, to Jesus just if we lived as thankful people, because I think there's so much in our world where we feel like we're entitled, we feel like things should go our way. Mm-mm. Sometimes we just want to eat Thanksgiving at noon. Yeah. Oh, Marin, <laughs> who would want to do that? <laughs> and I think if we became a community that was really thankful, even in the midst of difficult things, we would really point people to Jesus. Because that's the other thing, as, as uh, Ann talks about, as we practice thankfulness, we begin to realize that the things that we're thankful for really are gifts from God. And I think if we practice those in our lives, we would constantly be pointing people to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I remember the people who are thankful when things are really bad. I remember their attitude, their perspective and posture. I remember that stuff, but you also remember the people who are jerks, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's a great note, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, since I did it for both other campuses, I, I was 
in the Fishers campus and that worship team. Um, so Will is the campus worship pastor, but unfortunately he had to leave last minute from what yeah. I understand to go to a, a funeral. Uh, there was a death in the family. So we missed him, but Kyle, Kyle did a great job, did an excellent job. And even just, I don't know who picked the songs this week, but they all really they, reinforced this, this practice of gratefulness and yeah. thankfulness. And they ended with a, uh, Great is thy faithfulness. It was beautiful. Sean Peters, I, I had to send them all, the whole team, I sent them a message about how they just melted my face off. Mm, like if wow. you walked in there with makeup, you didn't walk out with makeup on. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was so beautiful. They just did an incredible job. So way to go, y'all. Great. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for being here. Uh, it was great talking to you. Thanks for letting me uh, be a part of the podcast. Yeah, come back anytime. Okay. You're now a friend of the pod. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, I want to thank our other guests, Rob Yonan and Melody Boyer, for joining us today. Next week, we're going to be digging into our first week in our Christmas series, A Thrill of Hope. Holy cow, we're getting into Christmas, guys. That's going to be nuts. Uh, until then, Marin, send us out. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you guys on the other side of Sunday. See you next week. Later. Later.